We have the new M3 iMac and the M3 Max MacBook Pro. Are they worth your hard-earned money? Find out in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. So Apple released new Macs. We talked about the release last week. This week, we got some hands-on with the new machine. So we're going to talk about our experiences. I spent the past few days grinding away, testing them and stuff. This is my favorite episode of the year because Roman has to talk for like a half hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Start with the iMac because that's and just go like because that's been the longest since it's had an update that's true and what yes. you know uh, was the weight worth it <laughs> kind of thing you know thanks for your guidance Jason <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the so the iMac it's basically the same iMac as before except it has a new processor nothing else has changed they didn't even update the colors so it's much faster than before. They really seemed to be pushing it at now's the time to get rid of your Intel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's going to be a massive improvement over that. Yes, the intended audience I think are people who are new to them to the Mac and people who are still using Intel Macs. And there still are a lot of people out there using Intel based Macs. For a lot of people that's good enough. You know, there are a lot of people who are just doing kind of basic uh, tasks on them. You know, yeah. most people spent surf, surf the web. Email, surf the web, FaceTime. The last Intel uh, iMac to come out was in 2020. So if you bought one of those, and I'm sure some people did, you're not going to upgrade in 2021 most likely when the M1 came out. So I believe right. there are probably a good amount of iMacs out there that oh. are not Apple Silicon, have an old design. Like your review says, the M3 is going to be like just like a, a, a mind-blowing increase in all aspects of, your, of, of, of what you do, no matter what it is, whether even if you're just using it to, to, you know, for Safari and email, it's still going to be way, way faster. That in Geekbench testing, which is a kind of a general overall uh, testing suite benchmark, the M3 iMac was basically twice as fast as the Intel Core i7 3.6 gigahertz um, 21 and a half inch iMac. So you're going to see a significant speed boost. So if you're using Intel, if you're using an Intel iMac, there's a huge reason for you to upgrade. You've got to make a decision at some point. There isn't going to ever be an Intel Mac again. You you've either got to accept that like well and they're gonna you're gonna stop being able to repair them so how so how long are you willing to hang on to this boat anchor that you can't repair and just hope it doesn't break yeah eventually time runs out on them not not in terms of like the machine doesn't stop working although that could happen mm-hmm. but you know Apple will stop supporting them you can't, won't be able to update the OSs on them anymore yeah you'll get security problems that you won't be able to solve. And just hardware. As hardware starts to fail, you won't be able to get the replacement parts. My mom is almost in that situation. She has a 2013 MacBook. <laughs> that, that so, uh, and that's what she's replacing. She's 
She's like, uh, I think, uh, you know, we're trying, we're, the rest of the family's kind of begging her to upgrade. <laughs> we're like trying to push. She's like, I kind of want to, I uh, just, I just want to make more space to update the OS. And it's like, you can't, the most recent OS you can get is three years old. You can't even get the last two. That's like replacing a horse with like a car. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, so we're that's all just, just a big one. 10 years, a long time for a Mac. She's trying to save stuff. And we're just like, look, plug in a USB drive, put all your stuff that you need to keep on the USB drive, buy your new Mac and transfer. Don't even do the whole like, transfer from this Mac upgrade thing. Start fresh, start clean. <laughs> just back up your stuff to an external drive and start start new. If you were hoping for a bigger iMac, Apple did the unusual thing and sent a statement to media members and said, there are no plans for a 27-inch iMac. I'd like to know how many emails they got before they finally said, all right, please just stop asking. <laughs> yeah. Buy this one. <laughs> yeah. They did just reply to people asking about a 27 inch iMac saying no. That yeah. doesn't mean there's not going to be a 28 inch iMac. Right. <laughs> or the 32 inch, inch that people inch are talking about. 27 and a half. Yeah. 27 and a quarter. Right. <laughs> but there have been rumors that they're working on a 32 and that they never said we're not making a bigger iMac. They just said uh, 27 inch. And, right. and if you're waiting on that 32 that, that's been rumored, you're going to be waiting a while. Which we kind of figured anyway. We weren't expecting it before like 2025. So this statement changes nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, We're still yeah, writing rumors, damn it. That, that, big, <laughs> that big iMac, I think the earliest we'd probably see it would be late next year. And it would be kind of a shock surprise if it was announced at WWDC, but probably late next year or 2025. Well, now they can't. If they came out with a 32-inch iMac within the next six months, they would lose a lot of credibility with this. Well, <laughs> not necessarily because it guess would be, it's not till 2025, if at all. If if it's an iMac Pro, it's got it starts with M3 Pro and it costs another six hundred dollars to start or more. Then it's this whole other stratus. Like it's not even. Yeah. It's not just iMac, but bigger. It's it's also a Pro and it's all this other stuff. So I could see that, but and I really hope it is. I it's it is surprising to me. That with Apple Silicon, I'm now on the third generation, and what we've seen it do with um, efficiency and power and mm -hmm. heat and all that stuff, that there isn't a 30-ish inch iMac Pro with an M3 Max processor. That's really freaking good. I'm, it's yeah. surprising to me that that doesn't yeah. exist because it, re it very well can. Yeah, or even the the Pro processor, but you can only get the yeah, base wh whichever model. whichever one, but. Like that iMac Pro that came out in 2019, I believe, was a stopgap for people who really wanted a new Mac Pro and they weren't coming out with it for a little while or whatever it was, 18 months or something. So it was designed to fill that niche. The Mac Pro as it is, exists right now is the worst Mac to buy. It's ridiculous. There's no reason to buy it unless you are in like the 0.5% of Mac users that absolutely have to have internal storage and internal audio stuff or networking, whatever it is. Most people, 99.97% of people who need that kind of computing power should get a Mac Studio for less. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
that's 99 point something percent of the people who need to buy a $4,000 super high end, which is already a tiny fraction of the market, right? It's a weird thing that they bother to make it. It's, it is. And if you're buying that machine, if there was an option, even if it was $4,000 for a 30-inch iMac Pro with a ProMotion display and HDR, yeah. M3 Max, maybe an Ultra, mm-hmm. that is a, an, a really impressive machine. I don't think they would do an Ultra in that price. But maybe um, they yeah, wouldn't maybe, even maybe do Maybe it would be $5,000 with an Ultra. Who knows? But whatever it is, it, that, that should exist with a similar form factor in space black. Like, come on. They would sell those. That would sell. I would love it. I would love to have, you know, something in that size, especially if it's got HDR. I think that's just, that would be just such an excellent all in one. I really would want the stand to go up and down for God's sakes. But other than that, (laughs) (laughs) the stand would be a thousand dollars extra, Jason. You know that. (laughs) Yeah. The, um, You know, as far as the rumor, the, the 27-inch rumor, like, I never I, – that's a silly – if they came out with a 27-inch, two and a half inches bigger than the 24-inch, like, that doesn't do it for me. Like, there's no reason for it. The 27-inch existed when there was a 21-inch. That's that's a wider gap. Two and a half inches does not a pro machine make. You, it's got to be at least 30 for it to be like, okay, now I have a choice to make between 24 and a half and 32 or whatever. It yeah. Is. And then it's probably going to be 5K, 6K, something like that. Um, yeah. That, instead right, of exactly 4 and a half right. K. And- so Apple should have said that we're not making an, an iMac between 22 inches and 28 and a half inches. <laughs> <laughs> the last time they did this was when they let people know that there isn't a Mac Pro coming soon. Yes. So that you would right. buy the iMac Pro. Yeah. They actually got people to get they actually had like journalists yeah. get like meet them in New York and they, they had a whole because they were because uh, there was that like, um, among those pro users who were dissatisfied with how long the trash can was sitting around, they saw that iMac Pro and they said, Well, I don't want to buy that if there's a Mac Pro coming in six months and they wanted to be clear that like, okay, yes, we're working on a Mac Pro update, but it's not going to be soon. If you want a Pro machine, you should go ahead and get this iMac. And the iMac Pro, there was only one ever made. They never updated it. And it was, I mean, it was really nice. It was the only iMac available in space gray or whatever it was, space, whatever they called it, uh, that came with all new accessories that matched it. It was really nice. And I'm sure a bunch of people bought it. And, And some of those people who have bought it, Wish there was another one. Yeah, sure. came out. Yeah. yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't doubt that. I mean, it's it's five years old now. So if you did buy it, you're looking at all right. My options are a 21 and a half inch iMac, which is way too small, uh, or a Mac Studio with a studio display, which is probably too expensive for what it delivers. You know, so now you're looking at like cobbling together some kind of a system when you could have like a really nice iMac. The uh, MacLoop actually talked about this a little bit where. The studio display is a little bit on the expensive side, but now that you can get like M2 Pro in a Mac Mini, you're not necessarily looking at Mac Studio money to cobble together a, a Pro-ish iMac, right? Like you can get a you can get a Mac Mini with an M2 Pro and a Mac Studio display, and it's not going to be outrageously expensive. Uh, and and that's that's kind of your 27 inch iMac. There's a difference between all-in-one computers and not all-in-one computers, and <laughs> you know, like it's not, like it kind of is and it kind of isn't. 
it, it it's your 27 inch iMac because you have no other choice. But you can, you, you don't have to like not do an Apple thing if you just don't think 24 inches is big enough. Yeah, that's like, like 3,000. If you buy the base level mini and the base with just the tilty stand is what, 1,600 and 1,200 or 1,300. So it's, it's like 3,000, mm-hmm. which is, you know, probably what or around what a 30 inch iMac would cost, I would, I would assume around there, 25, 27, something like that. How much does a third party, can you get a 4K display at 30 inches? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a bunch. They vary wildly. I mean, it depends on what you, what you're getting. Yeah. 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 The display technology you're going to get, the, the refresh rate, all, all this kind of stuff. But there are a lot that I don't want to call them PC monitors because they work on Macs. They're just marketed toward PC folks and gamers and stuff that are 4K, HDR, and somewhere between there's a lot from 27 to 32. And then you get into the weird ultra wide stuff and all that other kind of stuff that kind of, I uh, God, I don't even know what happens when you plug those into a Mac. I use, I have a Samsung ultra wide, probably 29 inches around there. And I mean, it works fine. I don't play games or anything or I don't, it's, it's not high refresh or anything like that, but it just gives me a wider, a wider view. Yeah. It's like two smaller models. Yeah. Basically two together. It was like, I don't know, a few hundred bucks. It wasn't that much. It was nowhere near the cost of like a studio display. It's also not the same quality. Yeah. You're not getting HDR. It's probably 1440p, but the ultra wide yeah. version of that. It, it and, is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's clearly, I have it next to plugged into the, the 14 inch pro and it's, it's clearly not as good yeah no not at all <laughs> yeah. uh, not at that price on the other hand you can get a big curved oled high dynamic range pc monitors with like 240 refresh rate and stuff like that and they're expensive as all get out but they look amazing yeah absolutely so if you're looking for a complete computer system on a consumer level um yeah, the imac's a good machine just as good as it was before. It's a little faster. <laughs> I want to meet the person that walks into an Apple store and says, I'm looking for a complete computer system at a, comu- at a consumer level. <laughs> Can you help me out, please? <laughs> I think there's a lot of people who have an old Mac and a desktop Mac, and they just want to replace it with a new desktop Mac. And they don't know anything else except that I have a Mac. All my stuff is Mac. They probably haven't updated their OS in years, and they just want to replace the old one with the new one. And they're like, look at all the colors we have. But I do want to mention that it's a good computer, but something's wrong. Like you can't get more than eight gigs of memory in an iMac without going into the configuration. Like none of the standard configs, they're all eight gigs of memory. It starts at $1,300 and that's 256 gigs of storage, which you it's probably yeah. not going to last should, you. You should get that years. one anyway. You're giving up too much. Yeah, and eight gigs. But the highest end standard config is seventeen hundred bucks, and it's still eight gigs of memory and five twelve gigs of storage. And that's you get the storage. It's really just the storage. The middle one is fifteen, which gives you the better M three chip. Yeah, you get two more GPU cores. Yeah, that that's what you're getting. It's still two fifty six. And it's still eight gigs of RAM. The sweet spot, really. I mean, if you were going to spend fourteen ninety nine, you'd be better off buying the twelve ninety nine model with two fewer GPU cores, and instead spending that two hundred dollars on storage. 
and then RAM. The, the extra two GPU cores is like the last bit you should upgrade after getting more storage and more RAM. If you up, if you double it to 512 and get 24 gigs of memory, which speaking from experience is probably what you want to get if you can swing it, that brings it to 1900 and that's yeah, that's really like the, the baseline for what you should buy if you keep it for a few years. The version of the MacBook Pro 16 that you reviewed, Roman, was an M3 Max, the full M3 Max, or was it the... Yes, it's the 40-core GPU. Okay. 16-inch. Uh, so that starts at yeah. four grand. Yeah, it's like a it's a yeah. thirty nine ninety nine machine, but that's, I think the one I have, yeah, that's their base four thousand dollars. It's a lovely computer, as you would expect for four grand. It, it better be, and it is. I bet it. It seems like it's awesome. It's super fast. It's super nice looking. It's it feels very much like a luxury product. Yep. If yeah, if if a computer can feel like a luxury product, this. Uh, six-inch MacBook Pro with that processor. If, if Apple is listening to this, Roman, you might have just gained yourself a little blurb on your next keynote slide. <laughs> <laughs> that's that was, that's, that's pretty good. Apple never quotes us. Apple, Apple never quotes us. <laughs> Man, Apple turned off this podcast when we bitched about eight gigs. <laughs> I'll say that um, none of us are like professional photographers, but Roman took some really nice pictures of the space black-ish-ness yeah. of it. Oh, that was hard. I'm so. sure it was, and I was <laughs> impressed. I was very impressed with how you captured it. It was it was very good, and it was very difficult. Uh, he compared it to space to space gray, and um, just did a great job showing the difference. It does feel like a totally new color, even though like we've seen it before. But it's um, it's it's ridiculously silly. To get excited over a laptop color. <laughs> right. I'm pretty excited to see the one that I ordered. You're it's right. been so long since we've been able to get a black laptop uh, out of Or a new one at all. Yeah. Like Apple hasn't come out with a new Pro or any – well, the Midnight. The, the MacBook Air got that Midnight yeah. color last year or two years ago. Um, there hasn't been a new Pro color since Space Gray in like 2012, whatever whatever year that was. Yeah, this is this is somewhat – when there were the rose gold ones, and uh, yeah, that wasn't the pro. That was the that was the air, though, right? Did, did they have the pro and rose? Was the pro and rose gold? Maybe it was. I thought it was just the air. So. I might be wrong, though. No. I don't remember. I, I just yeah. I remember silver and space gray forever with the pros. Like that was your options. And I have a silver one because I think the store I bought it from that's all they had, and it was on sale. And it's like, all right, fine, I'll get silver. But I hate I I, I hate it every day. <laughs> As a person with two black pets, they have a black dog and a black cat. I can sympathize with how hard it is to take pictures that actually show the detail. Like you can you can get the silhouette, but then you don't see any of the details within. And and I can totally sympathize with how hard it is to take good photos of black things. It was very hard. And the thing is also uh which I think is kind of actually a nice characteristic of the color, is that it looks a little different depending on the light. You know, the, when the light reflects off of it, it gives it a different kind of sheen, which is kind of which is pretty cool. Yeah, but when you're when you're sitting there trying to take a photo of it, <laughs> in, in a lot of your pictures, it did look like a, like a real rich black, and then when you put it next to the space gray, you can tell like the the um, the kind of the anodized anodizedness of it. It's 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 a nice color. 
They did a good job. I wanted black, black, Roman, black. Roman wanted a black hole left him. <laughs> Vanta black. <laughs> yes, I want to suck all the light out of the room. Or, you know. Yeah. I know people are like listening to this. Oh, my God. He's talking about the color and how it looks. So well, ha- half of your review was the color. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was a cool effect. And, you know, when you're, when you're sitting in front of a computer eight, ten hours a day, these things kind of matter because you want to. Hey, also, if you're buying, if you're spending four grand on a computer, it better damn look cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. The unfortunate thing is that that the space black is not available on the base M3 model. That's yeah. typical. That's typical Apple. That's like yeah. such an Apple move. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, bringing it back to your your point, Mike, about. Um, where they're stratifying the the thing and kind of trying to push you higher all the time. It does feel like that where you get the base M3 MacBook Pro and it's $1,600, but then you're like, well, no, I really do need 16 gigs of RAM and that's 200 bucks and you don't get the color and you're now you're so bumping up against the M3 Pro version. You're $200 away. If you upgrade the, upgrade the RAM and nothing else, you're at 18 Right. Which is $200 away from the Space Black 14-inch M3 Pro model. Right. Which has, you know, a couple more CPU cores, a couple more GPU cores, and you get the black. And then now – so now you're feeling like that's a good deal and you're kind of ignoring the fact that the M3 Pro isn't really any better than the M2 Pro was. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't have – like actual benchmarks yet, but from the ones that have landed in Geekbench 6 – it doesn't yeah, – as Jason said, it seems like they really kind of dialed it back compared to – Well, the- they did. They literally did in the sense that it's got fewer CPU cores but more – fewer performance CPU cores but more efficiency yeah, CPU six, cores. Six and versus eight. They went from uh, 200 gigabytes a second RAM memory bandwidth down to 150. So, things that are memory bandwidth limited like games and stuff are going to be – they didn't send a single M3 Pro – review unit out it seems all the people who have review units sent from apple have the the base m3 or the m3 max the m3 pro seems like uh, a real side grade from m2 pro but they found ways to make it look enticing by kind of not giving you what you really want with the m base m3 version making you have to upgrade to where you might as well get the pro so it's it just feels like apple is in a lot of their lineup, just finding ways to maximize the average sales price of stuff. You can see it in the iPhone, obviously, the iPad, the AirPods. Yeah. Where they offer the things that are cheaper and look like the price, you know, starts at price, looks nice. Yeah. But when you break it down and boil it, you know, really get into it, like you're going to be spending several hundred dollars more than the starts at price. Yeah, this time around, more than ever, it does certainly feel like that Apple is manipulating its product line to kind of push mm-hmm. people one way or another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with that M Pro configuration. And you know, it might be the result of two years of testing and the way people use these machines and maybe efficiency cores are better for the type of work that they're doing and the Max is more graphics oriented. So, we're going to give that more power. Same thing with the iPhone. Like those pro users really want the the better camera and then, and, you know, it, it could be all of that, that they're taking all this data 
and they're, they're they're doing it all this testing and all this you know this 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 research on on the way people use their products, but the the end result just looks like a, a real kind of cheap way to get us to spend more on everything. <laughs> yeah, it, it really just is. There's a lot of mistrust about big corporations, and there's no big cor- bigger corporation than Apple. People who've been around Apple forever kind of still feel like they're this scrappy underdog. That's the the feeling you get, especially when they're so secretive and their product lineup is so limited compared to, you know, a Microsoft or something like that. But you know, they're they're a two trillion, two plus trillion dollar company. They're the biggest. They are the biggest company. They're the biggest technology company. They're the richest technology company. The the they are the IBM that they were throwing the sledgehammer at in that 1884 act. You could argue that they're way even bigger than more influential. Than oh, they're, they're much bigger and more influential than they were. But in terms of how they behave, they're not behaving like a disruptor. They're behaving like uh, the, the big institutional company that is manipulating, that uses its product lineup not to give people the best but to manipulate them into spending the most. It feels that way, right? It's somewhat using all the trust that they've garnered over 30 years to, you know, people walk into an Apple store and they trust Apple to deliver a great product at a great, Mm -hmm. not great, but at a price point that they want. Right. And yeah, that's just like, listen, if you bought the M3 MacBook Pro for $15.99, you're, you're getting a really good laptop. Yeah, no doubt it's not getting as good of a laptop as you maybe should be getting. The one last new feature of the MacBook Pro is the new uh, SDR brightness. It's boosted from 500 to 600 nits. It's kind of a minor thing. It's nice. 20% is 20%. Yeah. Uh, It was a little, I don't want to say surprised, but the iMac didn't get that boost. But then again, desktop all-in-one computers sit inside and they're not... It's it's when you go outdoors with your laptop that you really need it to crank way up past 500 nits. And you just yeah. – I mean, I guess somebody's using their iMac outdoors, but that's <laughs> not really yeah. the use case. Yeah, people are often using MacBook Pros like on location, mm-hmm. photo shoots or video yeah, shoots. Or you just want to sit outside and eat your lunch or whatever, work outside for sometimes. Yeah. I go to a coffee shop, and sometimes the only seats that are available are the ones where the window seats. Yeah, they're right behind windows, right behind you, and you're really glad to have a bright display. That does it for this episode of the MacWorld Podcast, episode 863. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through X, that's at Macworld, or on threads, that's at Macworld underscore HQ, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.